Hey folks, I'm Chris Rouse, and I'd like to welcome you to this podcast. The book of Ecclesiastes says that for everything, there is an appointed season in time. There are moments for building and moments for tearing down. Today, we're going to reflect on the work of the Spirit in these times around us. This is Pneumaturgical. One of the aspects of this podcast that I discussed last week was a focus on liturgical ordering. I've determined to try and accomplish this in part by ordering our reflections together around the liturgical calendar and the Western liturgical calendar to be precise. This is something I'm not sure that many of us practice, even if we regularly attend church and are fairly religious. The liturgical calendar is really designed to keep the larger yearly pattern of our lives focused on the life and work of Christ in our lives. Now, the work of the Spirit is the work of Christ and vice versa, so the liturgical calendar is a way of encountering the work of the Spirit in our lives in uh, a large way, in the total seasons of every passing year. This past Sunday marked the end of the liturgical year. Yes, I know, we haven't yet reached December 31, which is our usual way of ending things. But the liturgical calendar begins with Advent, which is just days away. The ending of the liturgical calendar culminates in Christ the King Sunday, where we recognize that all things, including our own human kingdoms, find their end and culmination in Jesus Christ. As the words of Revelation 11 say, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. So what does it mean for all the kingdoms of this world to become the kingdom of our Lord forever? Well, stay with me and we will discover, explore, and celebrate the Spirit at work in building up and in the tearing down of kingdoms. The Word of the Lord from Daniel chapter 2. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. 
if you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, There is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was put, was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officers, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Arioch took Daniel to the king at once and said, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, also called Belshazzar, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he is asked about, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. 
As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. Your majesty looked and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed all mankind and the beast of the field and the birds in the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will arise, inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron. So this will be a divided kingdom, yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. Let us respond to the word of the Lord. May eternal glory be unto God the Father, the maker of heaven and earth. May eternal glory be unto God the Son, the one who holds the keys to death and Hades. May eternal glory be unto God the Spirit, who confirms our adoption as children of God. As the mountain of the Lord was established in ages past, so shall the mountain of the Lord fill the earth in ages to come, eternity without end. Amen. 
There is a popular opinion, or opinions, I suppose, that history can be broken down by the rising and falling of major kingdoms or empires. The dream of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 2 offers our imaginations a vision of God's eternal reign over all. The colossal statue of Daniel 2 would seem to confirm this theory that human history is a cycle of kingdoms, though each successive one is of less value than the last. Nebuchadnezzar's statue ends in a base of mixed metals, symbolizing the division of lesser kingdoms and ages. Our time would seem bound up with this mixed base. Division and conflict are characteristic of the world we inhabit and the nations of the earth. However, there is a definitive end to this cycle of kingdoms, as all of the kingdoms of the earth collectively are built into what appears to be quite a grand and terrifying statue, a reincarnation of Babel in some sense, they are destroyed together. Human kingdoms have their season for building, and then the time comes for them to be torn down. God is the destroyer in this case, as the statue of kingdoms crashes down and is obliterated in the wind. But then comes the moment of Revelation 11. The mountain of the Lord fills the earth. All the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our Lord, an endless divine kingdom that shall not fall. It is an interesting image Daniel 2 focuses upon, a statue. We exist in a time when the monuments and statues of kingdoms past still haunt us in our communities. The battle rages. Should they stand or should they fall? The statues and monuments of stone that stand in our streets and city centers, even in their sinful representations, are familiar to us because they are a reflection of the monuments in our hearts. We would perhaps be wise to return to the vision of Daniel 2 and the pronouncement of Revelation 11. The kingdom of the eternal God shall fill the earth and all kingdoms shall become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. There may perhaps be time when the statues are built, but the times are here and shall come when these monuments shall fall under the authority of Christ and the Spirit so shall the statues of our kingdoms fall in our hearts. Let us reflect today on the work of the Spirit. Eternal God, may our ears be ever open to the voice of the Spirit, calling for the changing of times and seasons. May we discern in times of building and in times of tearing down the work of the eternal spirit in our world and in our hearts. God, all kingdoms shall become yours 
All monuments must fall before the mountain of the Lord, and Jesus Christ shall reign forever. Spirit, establish in our hearts the mountain of the Lord. May we reflect the glory of God until it fills the earth as the seas. Spirit, tear down the sinful monuments within and without. May we see our human striving as what it is and for what it is. A vapor, a breath. May our lives be built in all times and seasons upon the solid rock of Christ for his kingdom of peace and justice, holiness and righteousness shall reign forever. Spirit, may we find at the end of all things that Christ is King over all, through all, and in all to the glory of God the Father. Amen. I'm glad you joined me today as we reflected on Christ the King and as we discerned how the Spirit may be building up and tearing down things in our lives. I pray that as we come to the close of this liturgical year, that you would find the Spirit at work in you and around you. This is Pneumaturgical.